Hi friends, happy new year. I'm currently recording this intro in my closet, but for some reason I become very avoidant in recording intros. It's just that one step I wait until last minute to do and yeah, I don't know, I just avoid it. Which leads me to my overall mood this winter, avoidance. I feel like so much is happening and uh, the end of the year is always um, (laughs) a lot between holidays and travel and family dynamics, work. I just feel like Halloween comes and then all of a sudden it's just back-to-back holidays with Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and then my birthday and it's just non-stop. I feel like this period of time always feels a bit stuffed up, yet it also flies by. And I can't help but feel like my to-do list is truly never-ending, but... I truly just want to be still and do a whole lot of nothing. So I guess my goal this year in all the chaos of life and our never-ending to-do lists is to be productive when working, but to truly slow down and be present when I take the time to. Just, you know, not stressing about all there is to be done, not stressing and thinking about that to-do list, not brainstorming new projects or how I can do more, but to just truly be still and present. I feel like it's such a luxury and it's just, it's actually really challenging to do. I booked myself a retreat for my birthday and surprisingly enough, it's my first retreat ever. As a few of you know, my mom works in the holistic and wellness field, so you know, the concept is nothing new to me. Um, I've just simply never been on one. Um, I'm a little nervous, but mainly excited. I just felt it's something I need at this point in my life. There's still a lot of internal healing. I mean, you know, our whole life is a whole process of internal healing. Um, and I think it's really important to invest time and money into yourself and your well-being at, you know, whatever level that is. So at the end of this month, I'll be heading to Lake Como. I actually find it kind of funny because I always find myself traveling back to Italy in the times I feel I need to quote-unquote refine myself, my purpose, my heart, my center. I think in a past life, I was in this wellness circle and I don't know, maybe someday I'll find my way back to it, but this whole long intro leads me to today's guest, Lily Harris. Lily is a holistic nutritionist and recipe developer based in Los Angeles. In this episode, we chat a lot about the opportunity for growth and how that shows up in many forms. Her overall goal is to help her clients build confidence in the healing abilities our bodies hold and support them with the tools to do so. With a long past in the fashion industry, Lily has experienced many roles and opportunities, but ultimately found herself on the path to a career in wellness. Navigating a love for food with a celiac disease diagnosis led her to exploring and redeveloping gluten-free versions of her favorite meals in the kitchen. She focuses on non-restrictive health and creating nourishing, exploratory, delicious meals to share with her community. We talk about eating seasonally and some tips to care for your mind and body in the winter season. She gently reminds us that our bodies are capable, resilient, and mild positive stress on the body can do wonders. If you guys have any personal questions regarding holistic nutrition or Lily's recipes or just anything you know you want to further learn about um i'm going to add all of her links in the show notes section so i'm really excited to kick off the new year with lily and the theme of this episode just focused on wellness so i hope you guys enjoy and sending so much love zoom on full screen here i'm good how's your day it's good it's like 
my first day back in the city since um, going home from the holidays. So I'm trying to get back into like my groove of things. Um, my hometown is like a really small, slow paced island kind of vibe. So coming back to the city, I'm like, oh, like here we are. Where are you from? I'm from North Shore of Massachusetts. Um, I'm like fifth generation. My mom's been there, her parents, their parents, and they all came from Sicily, Italy. So yeah. <laughs> How about you? Did you go home for the holidays or did you, are you in LA right now? I'm in LA. I'm like looking out the window at the sunshine. Um, I did not do anything for the holidays this year. It was so nice. I cooked food at home. I sat by the pool. I read books. That was basically it. It was good. I, I saw. It looked really lovely. It was what I needed. Yeah, that's what I did for Thanksgiving this year. It was the first time I didn't go home and I was like, wow, this is so nice. Like it's kind of a vibe to do absolutely nothing for the holidays. Yeah, I've gone through lots of iterations of the holidays, like traveling, family stuff, and opting out is my new favorite. <laughs> I agree. I could not agree more. Um, well, I'm so excited to have you on and get to know you. I feel like the moment we followed each other on Instagram, I was like, oh, I have to have her on the show because um, just like the holistic field has always been a big part of my life. My mom's a holistic healer. Um, so it's something I grew up around and, you know, I saw like you, I also, you know, studied fashion and wanted to go into that realm. And as I get older, I see this like pull in myself towards like a holistic field. And I'm like, there's this internal conflict. So I guess I really find interest in those peers around me doing that for a full-time career. And so, yeah, I'm excited to chat and, um, get to know you a little better. <laughs> Thanks for having me this morning. I was like, I was trying to think about how I found you on Instagram, but I feel like it's a classic story of me just being like, oh, this person looks really cool, really smart, has a good eye, pushing me your way. Yes. <laughs> They're like, I we're just going to assert it and have them follow each other. Um. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I feel like the uh, fashion to health route excuse me is pretty common mm. like back in fashion especially in California people would joke with me like my coworkers would be like you're gonna be the type of person who quits and becomes like an acupuncturist I know it and I, I was like no 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 and then I quit and I became a holistic health practitioner I honestly feel like most of the health practitioners I know especially around our age gap is like um they had a similar path. Like they went into fashion or they went into some kind of similar field and then kind of either like a year or two in, they're like, wait, this is not designed for me. And I had this like other thing pulling at me and it just deserves more of my time and attention. And normally it's something either like, I realize it's uh, because they had to find some sort of path with themselves for healing and they found that interest through it or because a family member um, went through some sort of like sickness or um, I don't know, something within that, but that is usually what leads them to it. So we'll get into all of that, but I guess let's start off for those who don't know you. Um, let's just chat about who, who you are and what you do. Sweet. Uh, my name is Lily Harris. I'm a holistic health practitioner currently based in LA. I've been here for probably maybe it's eight months now, who's who's to say, from New York. Um, my goal really is to just help people build confidence in the healing abilities that our bodies have. Um, our bodies are beautiful machines designed to heal, and I'm just here to give people the tools and the confidence to get there. I love that. Oh, that's beautiful. Beautifully said. <laughs> um, and so what is a little bit of your background story? Let's dive into where you're from and what your upbringing was like and all that kind of background information before you hit college. Sweet. I'm like, where do I start? <laughs> uh, I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, or right outside of it in St. Louis Park. Um, thinking about childhood, I think I had a pretty quaint childhood, pretty picturesque. I grew up in a little neighborhood with lots of little friends 
And I'd basically just like go outside and play and bike around and rollerblade around until my parents called me home for dinner at like 6 p.m. It was pretty ideal. It was very safe. Um, both of my parents are artists. My dad is a commercial illustrator. So if you go into the grocery store and you look at like Talenti ice cream, his drawings are like the little food drawings on the side or like, oh my God, things like that. That's amazing. And then, but he also does like beautiful um, printmaking and painting and he's crazy. Um, and then my mom is an art teacher. She was actually my art teacher for a little bit as a kid. So I definitely grew up in a creative household. Um, let's see, schooling, school. I was kind of the type A child of two artistic parents. So I was just like, I was just a good student. And no matter what classroom you put me in, I was just going for that A plus for sure. Um, I was in like AP Calc, AP Stats, things like that. But I was also in like AP Drawing and Painting and becoming TAs and everything from like art to rock climbing to everything. I just was into school. Yeah. Um, my parents definitely felt comfortable encouraging me in their zone. So they could really back me up in art and help me there. So I, I think that's kind of the route that I was directed towards. And growing up, I was obsessed with fashion. I was like collecting all the magazines, watching all the movies, recreating costumes on my Barbies. Mm -hmm. Like I was really into it. So I ended up going to pursue college for fashion design. Okay, so in the you, end, you kind of knew that that's what you wanted to yeah. like go and study. I kind of knew. Looking back, I definitely had a pretty good gut instinct, though, that uh, art school might not be for me when I was in high school. So I think looking back on high school, I had little pockets of friends in every area. Like I had my artsy friends, I had my athletic friends, I had my swim team, I had things like that. But most of my best friends were not creative people. They did dance and things like that. But like in terms of the arts, my best friends were not the creatives mm. um so I was really nervous to go to art school because I was like what kind of community am I gonna have there if my people are mostly like athletes um and normies mm -hmm. normies like me so I applied to a bunch of schools ideally I wanted to go to a good liberal arts college that had a good art program so like I applied to Wash U, Syracuse, things like that. Mm -hmm. And my parents were like, well, if you're going to do it, just do it. So they kind of pushed me to apply to like Parsons, RISD, um, SCAD schools for art. And in the end, I think that push was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And I ended up going to RISD for fashion design. Oh, nice. Okay. So you went you went full into that direction. And so when you were studying fashion in college, um, did you feel like, okay, this is what I want to be doing. I'm going to work really hard to get to New York in the fashion scene. Um, you know, like working my, my way up, like what was your vision of this ideal life you were working towards when you decided to go to school for fashion? I think I went into it with a very realistic, um, mindset growing up my dad did freelance a lot and money wasn't necessarily stable in the household so I knew I knew that I wanted like a corporate job with a bi-weekly paycheck I was like I want to be an adult and I want steadiness so um when I went to RISD I definitely did internships that were more corporate looking for that environment and I think I was a pretty good rule follower and the, the course in fashion is basically like learn how to sew, have designs, build a portfolio, go to New York where all the fashion jobs are and be a part of that world. So that became my trajectory. But the longer that I was in college and the more internships that I did, I could feel that I wanted to be in California. I didn't really understand New York. Um, I think it was a bit overwhelming for me. Totally. Um, but my community that I had built at RISD was going to New York. It was 
very, it was a lot easier to move from Rhode Island to New York than, and have a community and have easy access to jobs than it would have been for me to move from Rhode Island to California mm. without community and less job opportunities. So I definitely took a realistic approach to the fashion industry, even in college. I was like, I would, people would make fun of me. I would be like, I treated the studio like a nine to five job. I'd be like in early, done with my work, home to cook dinner and chill and do laundry. My college friends still make fun of me for it. Like there were no all-nighters in college, mm-hmm. none. That's amazing. I My brain definitely did not work like that in college. I think I didn't study fashion design. I did fashion communications. Um, and I, I mean, I've always had the freelance mindset. And so actually a nine to five was... Um, like counterintuitive for me, but I think it's actually, I think it's always good to kind of do the opposite of what feels comfortable. Like my sister is more like you and she really likes that structure in the nine to five. And like, sometimes I'm like, I think you should just be free and like, let go of it. And, you know, she was always really great in school naturally and had that drive. And then I've always just been more like daydreaming, you know, wanting to be on my own, be in path and go with the flow. And I'm like, actually, a nine to five in structure works really well for me because it's like the opposite of how my brain works. But um, out of your flow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so when you were graduating from college and um that's when you had moved to New York. Mm-hmm. And so did you have um a job in fashion right away? Like is that still the route you were taking at that point? Yeah, I moved to New York. I moved into a house in Bed Stuy with like I swear to God, 20, 20 oh people back God. there. It was the worst environment. But what is it called? Like a creative, like, um, how, like it's like a creative co-op, but it's like it housing. Just like, it was just like four dudes and all of their girlfriends. And then everyone who wanted to move to New York, staying on the couch, it was like a rotation. Oh my it God. was crazy times, but I got a job as a design assistant at Kate Spade. So I was doing shoes, jewelry, purses, none of which I learned in college. Um, And that was really cool. It was nice, chill, but it did not pay my rent. Mm -hmm. It was not enough to live in New York. My parents could not pay my rent like a lot of the people that I was living with. So Mm -hmm. I started applying for other jobs. And because at the time, New York was still a bit overwhelming for me and I didn't know my next step, I just started openly applying for jobs and Mm -hmm. it ended up being that target corporate in Minneapolis where I'm from offered me a full-time position with a good salary and they were like we'll pay for you to move home so Mm -hmm. I moved home for like a little under three years and it was really interesting really really fun but um, ultimately I wanted to go to California yeah yeah and so um, when you were nearing the end of that career move to, you said the Target headquarters, right? Mm-hmm. Did you think you still wanted to work in the fashion industry or like when did that interest and in shift start turning into the holistic field? The shift to the holistic field, I think started more, hindsight 2020 started when I was a kid, but started more in college. So mm-hmm. um I think if you're a parent and you see your kid loving math and science, like loving mathematical proofs, choosing to have their school fair project that could be as frivolous as you want on like the healing powers of capsaicin in fifth grade and peppers, she was probably me. I was probably already interested in all of that. Yeah. Um, And then in college, I just was not feeling good, no matter how well I took care of myself, if I was physically active, if I um, tried to take naps and rest, I just was not feeling well. Um, And during the summers in college, I would go to Wisconsin and I would be a camp counselor slash lifeguard for a summer camp. And I got the swine flu. everyone else at the time. And I was having a checkup at the doctor at the summer camp and he noticed a little nodule on my thyroid. And he was like, Lily, when you get back to the city, go check it out. 
So it turned out that I had a benign, thank God, nodule on my thyroid. So I had to have it removed. So basically sophomore year of college, so it must have been like 2010, on my birthday, I flew home for spring break and I had half my thyroid removed. And they basically just were like, here's a prescription for thyroid meds, take one every day, you'll be good. And of course, that was not the case. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I actually just recently met up with a friend I hadn't seen since college. And she reminded me how deep I went into health on my own in college. I just really had to figure it out. I was not feeling good. So I kept a food diary. I was doing my own research. I was like going to the library at Brown. I was trying to figure it out. Um, and I realized that I had celiac disease. So I cut out gluten, literally life changed. It was mm -hmm. great. I became like the medicine woman in college, like <laughs> giving giving friends probiotics for digestion, like oh telling them God. to take <laughs> I definitely was in very much into it in college. I was also like going to Zumba every day. Yeah. I was not, I should never have been an art student, like yeah. ever. I was so type A, but definitely college was the time where I dove into health and reading about it and finding it really interesting. But I was already so deep on this path with fashion and I do love fashion. So mm -hmm. I just kept pursuing it and I kept trying to find my zone. Um, I think the more fine art, um, couture part of fashion was not where I felt comfortable when I was younger. So um, eventually moved back to Minnesota, moved, uh, working at Target and Target was an interesting job. I fell into another thing that I didn't study. I did little girls clothes design at Target, which was, it's the most fun job doing little girls clothes. It's so fun. I can imagine. Everything's cute. Everything's yeah. cute. Every meet is like, oh my God, so cute. Great job. Loved those jobs. Um, Target was cool because I could, they encouraged health. They encouraged everything. So I could like go swimming during my lunch break. Mm -hmm. I could, I could eat at flexible hours. It was pretty comfortable, but ultimately I was learning that I did not like to be told what to do. Yeah. I totally get that. Um, I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. I am an A student and when I'm at work, I'm going to, I'm going to overachieve but I had review after review where they were like, don't work so hard, do less. And I was like, this is not it. This mm -hmm. isn't it. And so I was like, I don't really see growth for myself here and moved to San Francisco. Okay. Finally. So yeah. this, when, when was this? I moved to, I went to Target in 2012. And then I moved to SF probably mid 2014. Okay. And so when you moved to San Francisco, were you still trying to pursue this fashion path? Yeah, I had, I was so bored at my job at Target that I created like a little women's wear line that I sold um, on the side that I really love to do it it started as like a Minnesota winter hobby and then I ended up doing like pop-ups with it in Minnesota so when I moved to SF I did that for like three months while looking for jobs and then ended up working at Levi's for a little bit in the women's department which was so cool I was freelancing there their setup is amazing their dye lab is crazy they like send people to the middle of nowhere America to buy jeans that they're wearing off of construction workers or like buy jeans off of human beings at NASCAR events. Like it was just so inspiring to work there for a little bit. But again, I wanted a full-time job and I didn't know when that contract would be up. So I ended up moving to Old Navy and doing little girls clothes again, which was easily the best job in fashion I've ever had. It was so I feel like something in like working with little girls clothes is some sort of healing power designing for that younger version of yourself. I mean, I was definitely the girly girl dressing up just like you were th like thinking I'm going to work in fashion and just like loving the Disney princesses and literally wearing my princess dresses to dinner. So I feel like that would actually be a really fun job. It was so fun. I could be you. I could make clothes for like the tomboy version of me. Mm -hmm. I could make clothes for the princess flower loving version of me it was really 
a fun job. I had the best boss. Um, we just got work done. Um, we laughed about everything. That was very idyllic. I could walk to work. I could swim outside during my lunch break at the UCSF gym. Um, it was a really fun job. I loved that's, that one. That's amazing. Yeah, I think when I was at Old Navy, I was really ready for, um, with every company jump, I always jumped titles. So I had never gotten a promotion in role. I had just been jumping up titles as I moved. And at Old Navy, I got to a point where I was really, really ready for a promotion. And I didn't see room for that structurally. I would have had to wait years. Mm. Um, and then I started looking at all these like really smart women that I worked with. And I saw that the higher and higher up they got, the less they were actually involved in the design process. And the more they be, they basically became fashion production buyers, um, overall managers of the team. And that's kind of when I started to really get confused about why I was even in fashion because still the idea of freelancing was like not an option in my head. And the corporate route didn't seem like there was room for me to grow in a way that I would feel interested in. Yeah. So um, I stayed at Navy. I think I, I moved to New York from San Francisco in must have been 2016, like midway through 2016. And then, excuse me, I worked remotely for Old Navy. I loved that job. I like cried when I left that job. Um, I was like crying to my boss. I was like, I love you, but I'm leaving. Um, so I went to New York probably 2016-ish and worked for them a little bit remotely and then ended up working at working in the trend department at Gap. Um, I, I landed in trend and I was like, this is it. Mm. Like I'm design, I wanna be in trend. Trend is so fun, so fun. Like girls, designing girls clothes, so fun. Trend, so fun. Love both of those types and of jobs. And what, so, what is trend? Trend is just like, when I was doing trend for Gap, I was sifting through all fashion resources like mm -hmm. vogue.com literally paparazzi shots online um all the stores looking at new arrivals all the time mm -hmm. just mentally tracking patterns and presenting okay. ideas that I thought gap needed to cover okay um, so like trend forecasting and just making sure that they were on okay so that job was my first freelance job and I was working like until three in the morning for no reason it was burnout culture for sure. So um, that job didn't last long because I can't, I can't do it. Fashion to me is not that important. It's mm -hmm. not. Um, and I think that job really made me realize it. I was like, I don't care about it that much. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Um, and luckily, right when I hit my burnout mark at that job, um, I got brought into the weirdest fashion job I've ever had. I, at all of these companies that I had worked at, I worked with vendors across the world. So I would have meetings with vendors in China, in Korea, in Guatemala, all over the place that would provide us with fabrics, um, produce our clothes, talk through costing, all this stuff. So one of the big vendors, like the biggest knitwear vendor in Korea, needed someone in their New York office to bridge them and all of these companies like Gap, Old Navy, Target, literally all the companies I had worked for. Mm -hmm. So they hired me to work in their office to do trend forecasting, a little bit of design and some production. I had my fingers in every pie. I was my own boss. I made my own schedule. I ended up staying there for the longest of any job a little under five years. Oh, wow. That was a good, I learned so much at that job. Um, I am very grateful for that job, but I'm also glad I'm not working in it anymore. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just doing trend forecasting for everyone from Calvin Klein to Walmart mm -hmm. and seeing different business model, seeing everyone's different production calendars, 
learning about all of the waste in the fashion industry, um, just seeing everything positive and negative. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had like the most flexible schedule. I went in at the butt crack of dawn. I like showed up to the office at seven, um, did my work for a little bit, romped around the city, like went to stores to just look at product. Um, and then I would like go swimming and sit in a sauna for two hours at my gym and then come back, say hi and go home by like 4 p.m. Oh my God. That's why I stayed, That's why I stayed at that job yeah. for so long. But yeah, then I, I was in New York for a little over seven years and moved to LA in the beginning of May. Of this year? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So you've been now back in California for eight months. Um, yeah. And so you, um, you always had this sense that you wanted to be there. You finally made your way back when you were in New York. I think you said in the beginning of 2020, you started making the shift into the holistic field. Um, what I think it's such a big shift from the fashion industry and like, um, trend forecasting and all these huge corporate America brands. Um, it's almost like the polar opposite of all that. Um, and especially like New York culture. Um, so what exactly flipped the switch for you? Um, when I moved back to New York, which had always been a slightly overstimulating, uh, overwhelming place for me, I didn't realize how much stress I had in my body and it manifested really physically in a lot of ways. But one way was that um, my celiac disease really flared up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a lot of pain and it was very clear that I had to re- I had to shift everything in my life, reprioritize everything. So it must've been 2017, had huge celiac flare up. All the physical stress hit me, manifested physically. I had to rethink how I ate, rethink how I cared for my body. I had to renegotiate my romantic relationship, my friendships. There were people who just didn't believe me. And I was like, why? Like, that's so weird to not believe someone when they don't feel good. So you're clearly not a friend. So Mm -hmm. it was just like a went off in my body and it made me restructure everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the flexibility of my fashion job at that um, Korean knitwear vendor, I had the time to put myself back into holistic nutrition school. My parents were like, what the fuck are you doing? My artistic, <laughs> any normal Jewish parent would be like, go be a lawyer or a doctor, best of luck. My <laughs> artistic parents were like, what the fuck are you doing? So they were like, what are you doing? My boyfriend was like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, I don't care. I made, I realized that I could heal myself. And I was Mm -hmm. like, this is it. I don't want to be doing fashion. I want to be helping people feel better. Um, Waste a lot less money than I did with doctors. Um, Western medicine has so many beautiful purposes, but they just don't hit the mark on everything. Mm -hmm. Definitely not find the root cause. Absolutely. So I put myself back into school in a program that I could do on the weekends. So I, I worked a full-time job and then I went to school on the weekends. Um, that was 2019. And then the pandemic happened. And as dark as the pandemic got, it was a huge blessing for me. It was mm-hmm. a massive change for me. It was like the hibernation that I had needed. I was working from home. I could start taking clients in 2020 when I graduated school so I could work my full-time job and then start taking nutrition clients on the side. I had time. I had time to everything. Um, And I also, again, had time to to realize I had a lot of problems with New York when Mm -hmm. I lived there. I just wasn't finding my people. I think it takes, it can take a while to find your people. I had a lot of, I had a lot of creative friends. um, Some of which like I love and I'm still best friends with, but I needed the outlet of friendship that I wasn't finding. So in the pandemic, I also had time to put myself in spaces to meet people who were a little more aligned with me, 
which again, all the people around me were like, what the fuck are you doing? I was honestly, like I was a single person dating. I was like, if I want to meet people with aligned values, I need to put myself in those environments. Yeah. So I signed up for a community garden in Brooklyn called Phoenix Community Garden in Brownsville. Um, They're the shit. They make (laughs) organic produce, the most affordable produce bags that you can pick up on the weekend. So basically, I just started volunteering at a garden and I hoped to meet some like cool Brooklyn friends. And I did. And it worked out. And then the second that I started aligning with people that aligned with me I fell in love with New York like I really did yeah that was it the community there is so so strong um the pandemic was really a blessing of extra time for me so I could grow my business or start it meet new people Mm -hmm. give myself some extra time to put myself in the right spaces um I loved it Yeah. I feel like the pandemic was definitely a gift in that way. I think it provided the same thing for me, just like you out of college. I went right into all these corporate jobs and, you know, I was living in Boston at the time. And, you know, a lot of the people I was spending time with just, they didn't align with my ideal version of a life I wanted, no matter how much I tried, no matter what I did, it it just was not aligning. And then the pandemic happened and it gave me so much time to take a step back and reflect on like, what my purpose is, what I want to be doing, who I want to become. And yeah, it definitely, I feel like gave the gift of time to a lot of people. So when you were in New York and you went to school and then you graduated and um, you were taking on clients and you were kind of putting yourself out there in the community and finding friends with similar interests and values and um, lifestyles, is that kind of when you were like, okay, it all feels really great, but there's still an aspect missing and I want to be in California or like, where was your mindset at at that point? Honestly, um, 2022 has been the wildest year of my life, like Mm -hmm. the wildest year of my life. I was not ready to leave New York. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, I think New York also changed after the pandemic. Community was even stronger. Empathy was even stronger outdoor seating made it feel European there was I was just excited to be a part of it so I was not ready to leave and by any means but my boyfriend was burnt out on New York and he was like we gotta go Mm -hmm. and um we had to go you know we had a lot together so it was time and it's funny because when when LA was proposed to me I was like I was like, I haven't been there since 2014. Like I just hadn't had a reason to go. Um, And I was like, but I mean, I beautiful produce people who are probably even more aligned with me. Mm -hmm. I'm down. down." I thought about it was like, you know what? After like George Floyd riots in my hometown, the pandemic, like health scares, I was like, the world's on fire. So I went to LA and it's been the wildest year. I definitely have a deep, deep longing for New York. Like I miss it so much. Mm-hmm. I will be back. I will be back. Ideally, yeah. in an ideal world, I would be bi-coastal for sure. I had to stop comparing the two because they're just, they're nothing like each other. Mm-hmm. New York is like so alive with community. There's so much to do. Um, I also, in New York... I mean, I had lived there for over seven years, but I got really good at being healthy in New York. Yeah. Really good at it. I'd go to the farmer's markets all the time. I had a gym where I could swim. I had my things down really well there. Um, so health wasn't really a problem for me in New York, um, but it's definitely easier to be healthy in LA. Like sure. I have a pool now, I can swim outside. The produce is beautiful. The weather is nice. Like you can go on hikes. People are also more down to do activities that don't involve alcohol or like yeah. spending a ton of money at a restaurant. So like totally it's different, but I definitely miss New York. So basically when I was in New York this April, I told my job that I was leaving. Okay. I said, I'm giving you, I'm giving you two weeks notice, but 
I love working for you and I would definitely love to work remotely um, when I moved to LA and they were like, no company policy, no. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I gotta go. I think, I hope that companies get on the bandwagon with remote working across the board, but it was just clearly time to go. So I moved to LA and, and that was the mark of me doing it full time. Nice. Okay. And um, so we see a lot of amazing meals and recipes on your page. What does that process look like of being a recipe developer? So I think when I was first starting to post about nutrition on Instagram, I just was never an Instagram person. Um, It kind of stressed me out. So I think I was using Instagram as a way to share my exploration with health and share the work that I did. And the most, I didn't want it to feel restrictive because I don't feel restrictive about health. I wanted it to feel um, like flavorful, delicious, exploratory, positive, fun, things like that. And like homey and warm. So I just decided to start sharing my food. And there was kind of, and ask for recipes from people that followed me. Mm-hmm. So then I started a Patreon and I share like three to five healthy recipes a month. And that has been, I think, I love working one-on-one with clients, yeah. but the recipe element kind of fell into my lap and has been the creative outlet within nutrition for me. So I can really be my two parts. I can be like the type A math science student and I can be um, creative at the same time. So, um, then I just kept sharing, sharing, sharing and started to explore recipe development more. That process for me is like, what do I want to eat? I have a lot of restrictions just because I'm celiac. Mm -hmm. So going out to eat is just really hard for me, um, with cross contamination, everything. And I just, I love food. I don't want to feel deprived. So, um, trying to figure out the foods that I want to eat out in my kitchen that in a way that I can eat them is kind of my starting place. Like for lunch today, I was developing a recipe for um, like a mushroom pho with yeah. a vegetarian broth and um, a bunch of mushrooms, veggies, basically like what can I get? Like instead of ordering takeout, what can I get at my house? Um And that's kind of my main starting platform. Now I'm kind, I'm trying to explore my roots a little bit more. Like how can I make Jewish food gluten-free and approachable and health and healthy for myself? How can I make like Midwestern Scandinavian recipes healthy for myself? If I had, if I had a restaurant, like what would be on the menu? I'm now in the zone where I'm trying to make it more an expression of me and where I'm from. Um, but mostly it starts with fulfilling a craving at home. Yeah. That's so cool. Over the pandemic, I'm, I have a, I'm not celiac, but I have a extreme intolerance to gluten, dairy, alcohol, sugar, like a lot, quite a lot of things. And it shows up in different ways, whether it's acne, bloating, discomfort, just feeling overall really sick. Um, but I have such a sweet tooth. So when we had all the time over the pandemic, I was kind of developing, um, dessert recipes and like figuring out like how to get the same textures of my favorite desserts. Um, and it was really fun. So the way you put it though, about like, yeah, I mean, it's really challenging. I give people who create recipes, like really like, I mean, I honor their work because it's a challenge, but it's so fun. It's really like an exploration and the way you put it of like, okay, if I had a restaurant, what would be on the menu? Like that sounds really, really fun to just create like things you would want to eat. That's basically where my head is at now. I'm trying to think about like, if I were to have friends over all the time, what Mm -hmm. dishes would they expect from me or what dishes would they ask me to make again? Like I'm a single like a childless lady, but kind of thinking about if I have kids, what would be like, oh, my mom makes the best this. Yeah. Where, you know. And I think, 
you know, that's something that a lot of people struggle with is like going out to eat. I'm also like majorly a foodie. My dad is an amazing chef. He's from Lebanon. So I've just grown up around food and that environment of food is love and you bring people together and it's supposed to be like a joyous thing where you're not thinking about diets and everything like that. But when it comes to your health and wellness and how foods affect you, you know, it's something you have to take an extra step to think about. So what has kind of been your solution with, you know, um, celebrations and going out to eat with friends at restaurants? Because I know it's a major struggle, at least for people in New York, because that's a major part of socializing. New York is a tough one. New York is really hard Mm -hmm. to eat out in. Um, I think I like to invite people into my world. So I love to invite people over to eat food. But in reality, I also really like to go out to eat. Yeah, I think I don't ever want to show up to a restaurant and be like the needy bratty guest. Mm -hmm. And I'm very conscious of it. Um, So I like to, if I know that I'm going to go and celebrate with friends, I like to offer some restaurant options that I know I can eat at. Instead of being like, oh, I can't eat there, I can't eat there, yeah. show up with a few options. Maybe they'll like one of them. If there's a restaurant that everybody really wants to go to and I'm nervous about what I can eat, I call ahead. Mm. I call on the phone. I ask them very nicely questions about the menu. People are so helpful. I personally find that calling ahead takes the nerves away from asking and communicating your needs like restaurants are there to give you a good time not to be a nutritionist so Mm -hmm. um i that's my tactic with eating out um i think in new york specifically italian restaurants are really easy because you can always get a protein and you can always get a really delicious veggie yeah so if somebody wants to go out for like pasta and pizza I'm always down because I can get like uh, usually a beautifully prepared fish and some yeah. veggies all the day. You can join monthly or annually. Um, and then sporadically throughout each month, I'll send you uh, recipes to try. On the first day of every month, I send a recipe, but I also send some other musings that I'm looking at, like uh, research articles, uh, good music, condiments that I'm liking, like things that I'm playing around with in the kitchen, but I just uh, sporadically send recipes their way. And then there's two tiers because I want it to be affordable. So there's one tier where you get that first email blast every month. You get one or two recipes with all the good other stuff. And then there's a full basket tier where you get everything and then you can access the recipe archive and search through like if you're in the mood for a smoothie, you can type in smoothie and see smoothie recipes or things like that. Oh, so cool. I saw the other day and I was like, I need to get an account. So selfishly, I'm asking about this. I really want to do some group classes because I think having a little community when you're exploring nutrition can be really helpful. Um, That's definitely some, those are some ways I want to branch out in the new year. Yeah, cool. I had at one point with the neighbor upstairs that is a holistic nutritionist last year, we were like, what can we do to get through the winter? And we started a um, virtual cooking club and it was really fun. Yeah. So yeah. I I used to do, there was a brand called Dark Horse Organic. They don't like, I used to do that. Yeah. So fun. I, I hope they bring them back in some format, but I know they're not doing their condiments anymore. So yeah. Oh my God. That's really great. Virtual cooking class. The thing I loved about them was like, I would see the menu and I was like, there's no way I can cook this. Like, this is so like top notch, like recipes. And then I would do it. And I was like, Oh my God, I actually just made this amazing meal that you like would serve at a restaurant. I know there. I have to reach out to them to try to meet them in LA because they just seem like the best humans. I Signed one of the classes I signed up for with them was like a smoked chicken chili, and I used they like taught us how to make a at home smoker in a a cast iron pan. I use that technique all the time in my kitchen now. Are there any remedies or food that you suggest for this season for anyone listening and like curious about their health and wellness? I wrote down some things for us. Yes. So obviously eating seasonally for the most nutrient dense foods, you've got your root veggies, 
cruciferous veggies, dark leafy greens, and any sort of produce that you preserve from seasons before. Um, and then adding in some warming spices if you can, like cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, clove, along those lines. Mm -hmm. And then similarly, trying to stay in the warm temperature. So cooked foods over raw foods. I'm a big soup fan. I'm always making soup at my house. Um, and then room temperature, warm water over cold. Um, medicinal herbal teas are great at this time. Uh, and then I think mindset is a big part of the winter. This is my first winter uh, back in California. So the change in weather is not as drastic as being in New York, but seasonal depression is real. Um, mindset is really real aspect of winter growing up in Minnesota with four seasons and like negative 20 winters I got really good at it but I think uh mindset is everything winter is if you can think of winter not as an obstacle but as an opportunity yeah <laughs> it's very helpful kind of similar to um how the pandemic gave us that time to pause winter is really hibernation season yeah I I always joked when I was in New York like in Minnesota, three to four months of winter, your friends are kind of like, no promises. I might see you during the winter, Yeah, um, but I, I love you. Uh, in New York, in the middle of the winter, it could be like the worst storm ever. Your friend would be like, it's my birthday, meet me at this bar, no matter what. And you're like expected to go through a storm to get to a bar. And I know. I, winter for me is definitely hibernation time. So if you can take time to rest and then take time to recharge, <laughs> that's how I think about winter. So yeah, you winter that's amazing. Opportunity to tune inward, like resting <laughs> in terms of slowing the pace down, some time for self-reflection, um, let your cells repair, focus on areas of healing, really take that time to tune into yourself. And then once you've settled into the rest, it's time to recharge. So you're starting to anticipate um, sunnier days ahead, warmer days ahead. Um, you are exploring your interests through hobbies. You're reconnecting with supportive people. You're decluttering your house. You're forecasting. It's rest and recharge time. And then I think if you're really in the cold, like if you have to go out into the cold temperatures, I think um, mindset similarly very helpful so cold fresh air is there to bring clarity it's there to clear your mind you know you go outside and you're like oh my god it's cold it's like a shock to your brain a shock yeah. to your face um if you can shift your mindset towards that cold shock is a moment for to bring clarity that's very helpful so actually spending some time outside in the cold going for yeah. a little walk a nice nice breath of fresh cold air and then um, it's also a bit of hermetic stress, a little mild positive stress on the body um, that is going to help reverse cellular damage and basically just teach our bodies that they're capable, resilient, and give you a bit of grit. Mm -hmm. um, that's how I think about winter. Yeah. I love winter. I do too. I'm also one of those weirdos that love that like harsh cold air when you step outside because it makes me feel like revived every morning before work I wake up at seven and I go for a walk down to McCarran Park I stop at Upstate Stock get like a coffee or a tea and I just walk because it just brings so much clarity and puts me in such a good mood for the day I love the cold chalk but also this is a reminder to everyone listening it's okay to hibernate in the winter especially my New York it's listeners okay. because it's true I mean I'm such I mean I'm already super introverted like 70% introverted, I would say. And so winter comes and the last thing I want to do is go out, especially when it gets dark. Once the sun sets, I'm like, there's no way I'm leaving my house. No, I think about this. I think about this with friendship now, like as I've kind of always been this way, but now as a holistic health practitioner, I'm very, and as an introvert, I'm very understanding when people want to cancel plans. Oh, same. I get excited. I get excited, but to the point though, where I'm like, I am now the default person that they know they can cancel on and have a night at home by themselves. And I'm switching to the person like pulling people out again, because 
I cannot be canceled on anymore because <laughs> I'm so understanding. When people cancel, I kind of like imagine myself as the sleepy time tea teddy bear, like with his little cap on yeah. sitting at home. Okay. <laughs> For the most part, I usually feel really happy when I get the cancellation text. Um, yeah. But yeah. Okay. And then, so <laughs> I love it. Um, And so that's another thing I want to chat with you about for anyone who really wants to get into working with someone one-on-one or they just like don't really know how to go about it, um, especially with like the whole insurance thing and it only covers the Western medicine industry. So what kind of advice can you give to someone that, um, you know, has these curiosities, but just hasn't taken that step? Um, I think that... There are a lot of holistic health practitioners out there now. Um, If you can find one that you feel like you resonate with, if their energy online feels like someone you might be friends with or someone that you look up to for the information that they share, just reach out and ask what their practice looks like. Um, I'm always very happy to share information about what my practice looks like with people who are thinking about signing up for one-on-one support. I think... Um, with insurance, there's a lot of things that you can get covered. You can sometimes get acupuncture covered. You can sometimes get physical therapy covered. When I was in New York and I still had my full-time job, I realized that I was like, I'm never paying for a massage again. I'm just going to physical therapy where they like wring my body out like a (laughs) wet towel and like tell me movements to take home and practice in my own time. So I think there are ways to navigate the Western world of medicine and health insurance. And I work with clients all the time to be part of the team. I think about it all as a part of the team. So I want to know if you have specific health issues, like let's say you have PCOS or endometriosis. I want to know what your doctor is saying. I want to know what labs they've given you. I want to work with them as a team because they're there for a purpose. They have a lot of power that I don't have. They can prescribe Mm -hmm. you medication. They can order labs. They can do a lot of things that I can't do. So they're part of the team and seeing them as integral, I think is important so that there's no shame or judgment. Um, I'm just another supporting like coach like I'm your gym teacher I am there to be like you go girl or guy or whatever you are and everyone is included there's no judgment Um, I'm there to support you and to help you tune into yourself build healthy habits um, get a little bit curious and go from there that's amazing I love that And so right now, now that you're in California and, you know, you still have the dreams to come back, do you have any um, future dreams for yourself right now that you've maybe been stirring up while you've had a little bit more downtime? Yeah, I think my main goal is just growing my holistic um, health world, working with more clients, doing group classes, doing cooking classes, really... um, putting in the action and being involved with the community and thinking of it as a community and growing that for myself is my overall goal. Um, And obviously establishing a more consistent growth pattern with my own work. Um, I'm trying to think about what else I was thinking about. I would, my dream dream, uh, I would love to make a cookbook. I would Mm. love it. If there are any publishers out there, I'm ready. Let's make a cookbook. (laughs) Um, I think more right now, my head is in like New Year's resolutions. I'm actually a fan of New Year's resolutions. I think motivation comes and goes. So if you feel a new beginning, it could be a day, a week, a birthday, a year, whatever. New Year's tends to be a time where we have a lot of motivation to improve. And I don't think that that should be a negative thing. I don't want like like restrictive, I'm going to lose a ton of weight really quickly rules, but um, any opportunity for personal growth, I encourage. So I think my head is on my own resolutions for 2023, which is looser ideas. I definitely want to join a running club in LA, Mm -hmm. kind of similar to joining a garden in Brooklyn. I want to be with people who are active and um, make friends that way. I, um, I definitely want to read more books. I love reading, but I want to write time into my schedule every day to 
read specific books. Yeah. Um, and then I'm carrying over an, a resolution that I started last year that I still have a lot of growth with. Um, it's just getting better at expressing positive emotions like appreciation, love, yeah. um, like bigger picture positivity within uh, my environment and the people that I love. Um, that's kind of where my head is at. And then eventually I'd love to be back coastal for sure. Yeah. I will definitely be visiting New York probably, probably around March, but I miss, I miss the energy. Yeah. I, I also agree with you. I really like the new year or like birthday resolutions or just like, for me, it's just a moment to reflect. Like sometimes I get so caught up I mean, I think a lot of us do, but I get so caught up in the day to day. I forget to look back and think like, whoa, like five years ago, I would have done anything to get to where I am now. And now I have even bigger goals than what I could have thought of back then. And yeah, I definitely like, I'm a big believer in manifestation. I have something I've been working on is being really careful with my words because I tend to have a powerful word word whether negative or positive so a lot of the things I say out loud I notice comes into existence for myself um but yeah I love the new year's resolutions I actually just booked a retreat in Lake Como for my birthday in February so right after the new year I'll be going there and it's something I've always wanted I've never it's weird my mom's been on so many retreats she's tried to get me to go on them my whole life for whatever reason I just never found the time or something didn't click and I finally just said like screw it I'm going um by myself and I'm really excited for that kind of retreat the two women running it are yoga teachers and they're really invested in like this uh intuitive connection for women in their bodies and understanding ourselves and um, just like that connection to yourself that sometimes we lose sight of to listen to your inner knowing and coming up with decisions for yourself, like how you decided to go to school for holistic nutrition, even though you had everyone around you saying like, why are you wasting your time with this? Or why are you doing this? You still listen to that gut feeling of doing it. Um, I think a lot of women struggle with that. Um, but yeah, so I'm very excited for that. <laughs> That's amazing. That's really yeah. so nice it's been, yeah, I'm really excited to see your page and, um, your recipes. And I think it's really great that even though you weren't a social media person in the beginning, you're using it as a tool to share your knowledge. And I I love it now. I'm fully a social media person now. Yeah. Your posts are amazing. I love DMing people about what soup concoction they're making in their kitchen that day. And I love it a lot. It's become like a very warm place for me. And I mean, Oh, I'm fully converted. I love fully. it. Your podcast is so great. I was like, before you asked me to come on, I was listening to it because I was like, there's some smart ladies on this podcast, really cool, smart women to listen to. And it's really inspiring. Oh my God. And then I was like, Lily, do you want to be on my podcast? It's just like you manifested it with your thoughts. <laughs> oh my God. Your pod, I feel like your podcast and um, Poog are like my two I'm, I know I'm so ready to listen to it when I, when I see the download hit. I haven't heard of that. You'll have to send me it. Oh, I'll definitely send it to you. It's with two, um, two comedians and they kind of make light of the health and wellness world. My favorite type of morning is literally walking, getting a coffee and listening to a podcast before work. Like it's my favorite thing. So I love it. I'll send you the, I'll send you that podcast. It's really good. Amazing. And, um, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited for everyone to listen to this. And I'm hoping that if there's listeners who aren't so familiar, it gets them curious or sends them your way as well as your Instagram. So everyone can find you and yeah. And I need to book a session with you as well. Cause I actually have been doing parsley health for the last like eight months it's about to be over but I really just want to work with someone continually continuously one-on-one and that like understands the lifestyle it's cool that you're you had time in New York because you get that you understand the challenges real I think um a lot of my clients are still in New York yeah I love it I would love love to I'm here I'm here anytime thank you so much for having me on it was was also a beautiful opportunity for self-reflection. I was like, how do I describe any of this? But we yeah. got there. 
No, we did. And you did it beautifully. And thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Thank you. And when you get to New York, we'll have to meet up. Yes, I would love that. I think hopefully March. Amazing. Hopefully March. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. And um, I'll be seeing you through Patreon. <laughs> I'm going to go get an account right yeah. now. What are you going to do for the rest of the day? I, um, what are, what is today? Is today? I don't even know what today is. Is it Wednesday? Wednesday? I, oh, I know exactly. I said after this session, I'm going to go get a bowl of pho because I had gone to Pilates before and I had a smoothie, which I know is terrible because it's winter, but it's so weird. This morning I woke up craving a smoothie and I've been telling myself, you cannot have smoothies. It's winter. And, um, I saw your post to do it. Add some warming spice to your smoothies, some of that yeah. ginger. I did uh, actually, turmeric. I did ginger, turmeric, and um, I asked them for a splash of cinnamon this time and actually was like a nice little um, hint of multiple flavors, but I just, I'm such a smoothie girl. I love it. I love my food blended. <laughs> Same. I just love a soupy, a soupy smoothie time. It's great. Oh. I have to send you my dad's recipe of majadra because if you like soups and smoothies, like this is my favorite winter meal. It's so good. Please send. I will. I'll forward it to you. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. And it was so lovely chatting. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Bye. Bye.